Do you ever think about utopia? Do you ever think about ethical dilemmas? Do you ever think about the other people on public transport? Do you ever think about the demise of civilization as we know it? Welcome to Do You Ever Think About? I'm one of your hosts, Candace Jade. And I'm the other one, Merida Violet. <laughs> Hi, Merida. Hello. <laughs> good to see your face. Oh, good to see yours too. Uh, today we're talking about something that's, I guess, slightly abstract, but is shared as an experience Ugh, rampantly. Yes. <laughs> uh, today we're talking about waiting. Waiting. Waiting is generally the tone. <laughs> I'm going to have an unpopular opinion where I don't quite mind it at all. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I, you mentioned that when we came up with this topic and I thought, really? You don't mind it? Like, what do you mean? Like, waiting for me was always just a license to get inside my own head and just daydream or just think about anything. And so for me, it was kind of different because it wasn't a, like, waiting for a train mm-hmm. is perfect because you're like, all right, I, I can relax. I know it's coming. I know I'm here on time. Mm. There's nothing here to do except for me to leisurely stroll my own mind. And this is within reason. Obviously, like, nobody likes to wait for too long. But my perfect amount of time, specifically for, like, public transport or anything else, I think six minutes is a solid, solid little gap to do it. And I love it because waiting, although despised by the sensible, is quite adored by the daydreamers like myself. Mm. And it is a kind of scattered license throughout the day to be able to delve into your own mind. You can be as mentally agile or as idle as you want. And what I do kind of like about waiting is that it is this weird sort of evidence of where we're at as a species and a society because it's only... it's And when I think about it, it's crazy because to think about how far we have come from shitting in the woods (laughs) and now we've gotten to a point where we have built infrastructure that facilitates being able to go somewhere and get your needs met or get food and as part of that as a transaction is that you have to like uh, forfeit your time you have to forfeit a couple of moments to wait until you're served at a shopping center you have to wait a couple of moments for something as good as a bus to come by to take you somewhere mm-hmm. it's a really cool like sort of example of where we're at and progress progress yeah progress um i like that i and i really like it as well but i'm just a just a, a weird sort of daydreamer and so it's kind of a nice time to reflect on things or just let your imagination wander because you don't have to be anywhere. Like you're waiting. You're waiting for the moment to happen. Like th- like you've already set all the wheels in motion and all you have to do now. It's almost like you trade your labor for having to put more effort into getting that thing for the you know passage of time where you have to wait for someone else to do it for you. <laughs> totally. Totally. Because otherwise you like... You, you're not going to wait for the bus. You're going to walk for the whole time. Like you yeah. wouldn't have to be waiting. You would be doing something and that's just as valid. But waiting isn't necessarily uh, a horrible thing mm. unless you're really, really late. But that's probably on you. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, uh, You've already shifted my thinking on it now to have it be something a lot more positive as in like this is a sign of our progress as a human species. We have to wait 
instead of before, again, when we were all shitting in the woods, there wasn't like a boredom. There was no boredom that didn't exist because you were always busy and you're always having to do something. Otherwise you would die. Well, <laughs> can I quickly yeah. just uh, because this was something that came up a lot in my research. Yes. Uh, yeah. Research. Um, the perception of time is obviously goes obviously goes a lot faster when you have something to do in that time. Mm-hmm. Mentally, if you can give yourself something to do, then that time will be faster. It's almost like the um, the second that you are done with the, with your task is when the t- the clock starts ticking. That now you're waiting and you're waiting on and you're dependent on someone else. It's out of your control. Maybe that's part of it as well. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, because nobody actually. Uh, time what's that and if you're not waiting for something and you're happy Mm. to fill that time with like sitting on the couch scrolling or doing whatever you want in that time Mm. but there's no um impending expectation or event Mm. or outcome then nobody really has a problem with time it's only because you've got all these emotions attached to something about like oh i'm meant to be productive so i might feel anxious that i'm not being productive when I'm meant to be right now, but you have also have to come with to terms with the fact that you've relinquished all the control that you can have around that situation. You can't do anything Mm. more except what you've done, except now to wait, to wait. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's well, that brings me to patience, which was something that we, uh, maybe will not be totally what this episode is about because patience is something I think is distinct from waiting, but it's definitely an element in waiting. I think it can make waiting a lot easier. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Um, but a lot of times when like, you know, the patience that you've summoned, um, you know, when you're, when you're feeling particularly patient, you know, you don't feel the the pressure of time pushing on you and kind of that's what patience is is being able not to let your emotions overwhelm you with all these future thoughts and future fears you're very much present in the moment and that you know that that's a well-rounded person that's a virtuous person who's able to deal with those types of things yeah (laughs) well uh i read this thing from chelsea wald uh who's a writer for nautilus who said time warps because our experiences are so intense every moment that we are under threat seems new and vivid that uh, physiological survival mechanism amplifies awareness and packs more memories than usual into a short time interval our brains are tricked into thinking more time has passed and so it's a cycle expecting things to happen quickly makes us impatient when things take longer we get angry and getting angry makes things feel like they last forever just in the same way it probably makes biological sense for your brain to slow things down if you're presented with a danger you know so you need to like think really fast and move, you know, thinking fast, moving slow. Um, but then, you know, just like everything in this world is we is fucking up the way our brains are naturally wired because of social conditioning and social experiences that all of a sudden we're interpreting a six minute wait for the bus as threatening in the way that, you know, seeing a lion coming towards us would be threatening. And so our brains are slowing things down because it's triggering our primate our prime primal parts of our brains Mm. and (laughs) like having said that impatience um or choosing not to wait also has its evolutionary advantages uh evolutionary whatever the word is i I don't have that kind of time to try and fix that um (laughs) uh, but like if like uh evolutionarily it uh, has total benefit because if you're picking something from berries and you can't find any damn berries on that bush, if you get impatient and be like, I'm not going to wait to find these berries. It's getting dark. I'm going to go find a new bush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it was actually like a trigger to be like, oh, this is not going to be efficient or this isn't going to lead to the outcome that I want to. So you should, 
if imagine if we didn't become impatient and then we just sat there, you know, kind of like on some sort of loop trying to look for the thing that we're never going to find there. Yeah. So there is a function for impatience. Yeah. It's probably how we started with like foster mm. cars and yeah. all this. Like, <laughs> and in, well, I was just going to say innovation. I think has a lot to do with waiting or lack of waiting. <laughs> yeah, or like a hatred of waiting yeah. and being like, "I'm so done with this. Let's figure out how we can cut it off." Mm. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the borderline between the um, you know when, when patience can be a good thing and when patience can be a, a problem for you, lack of or lack of hustle about something. What was the first thing that you thought of when we came up with this topic? Um, well, I guess probably that whiny waiting voice was the very first thing I thought of. <laughs> um, but as usual, there were a couple like um, types of waiting that were kicking around in my head. Like you have um, the type of waiting where it's actually um, being patient. You have the type of waiting where it's procrastination. You have um, being in limbo. Um the idea of waiting tables. Mm. <laughs> All big things. Yeah. And I guess for those things, that's kind of a, like a longer term sort of waiting yeah. um, in a sort of category. For me, the first thing that I was thinking of is just the idle short moments uh, waiting for things like a bus or a taxi or at the doctor's office or all those kind of things. Yeah. Really short term waitings. And of course, like some 41s. Still waiting. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so that's cool. Again, I love that we've come at it from like different uh, elements, you know, different aspects of it. That's really cool. So, um, well, you mentioned waiting like for a bus or for a taxi or something like that. In that, um, like, what is your relationship with that? Because I think that I tend to fall into impatience now, but there has been a time in my life when I really enjoyed something like waiting for a bus or like having a layover at an airport or something. Hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Well, I guess waiting when you're traveling is a completely different type of waiting because mm. everything is sort of like novel and everything's new and different. And there's also this impending feeling of excitement. Well, for me, some yeah. people still get pretty bloody grumpy, <laughs> I guess. And there's good, like there's good layovers and there's bad layovers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Like when you're waiting for a connecting flight, when you're on some adventure, it never feels like a chore. It's usually, well, for me, it's always been something quite freeing in a way, you know, you have this time to yourself, mm. um, especially if you're traveling alone, I've really enjoyed some like long layovers that I've had where I've been by myself and I'm just like, you know, listen to music, have a lie down in some weird corner, <laughs> explore, explore all the corners of the airport, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is there any that stick out in your mind as a particularly good or bad? Yeah. Way? Yeah, definitely. Uh, probably like one of the best ones and like peak traveling experience um, was brought on by a very long wait which was when I was traveling in Indonesia, one of the first times I went to Southeast Asia and I was with two friends and like we were doing it, you know, on a shoestring. And so we did a lot of waiting because we never wanted to take the tourist route. We never wanted to be in the, um, you know, convenient, like clean tourist bus station. We would make the choice to travel all the way across the city and go to the bus station that the locals took. So that's what we did when we arrived in Jakarta when I was traveling in 2010. To be with the people. That's right. We were like, we're not going to spend an extra $5 and get there 
on time, we're, we're going to have and an their, adventure. Their punctuality and their ivory towers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you think you can just come here and get from point A to point B without any hiccups? No, that's not why I went traveling. Um, so yeah, this time in, in Jakarta, we flew in to the, we flew in from another island and then it was like, you know, sort of evening and we just looked up online the different bus stations that we could take to get to another city, which was maybe only like 300 kilometers away. Mm. And so we, um, you know, rejected the easy path and decided to take a two-hour bus ride just to get to this other bus terminal. We thought that there was going to be a bus, an overnight bus that we could take to this other town. And instead we arrived and it was very clear that this bus station wasn't open. Like, and I mean, like it was open as in it was functional, but it wasn't open when we got there. (laughs) And whatever like illusory bus that we thought we were going to connect to just was like a joke. (laughs) It's a metaphorical bus. Exactly. It's like, oh, you mean 2 p.m. like on a day, like one day it will be there at 2 p.m. So we got there, the sun had gone down. It was not a pleasant place. You know, there was definitely rats crawling all over the place. And we sort of set up camp and just thought, well, we're not anywhere near a tourist area, so we can't get a hotel. There weren't there weren't anything like in English either. So there and there weren't like a lot of people around. So we were a bit scared, but also we knew that we could just take a taxi back to the like safe place if we wanted to, but we we're like up for the adventure. So this like what we thought we were just going to be waiting for was morning when surely a bus would run. Mm. Um, But instead we were there for about 24 hours (laughs) and we stayed up all night, you know, just the the three of us having a laugh and also being kind of scared and like secretly like trying not to freak out. But then once the sun started coming up, there was this group of Indonesian guys who came over to us and they were basically like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, why are you in this bus station? And we're like, well, we're waiting for the bus to Joe Jakarta. You know, we, we heard that it was like going to leave at 11, but we figured like maybe it was supposed to be 11 in the morning. We're not really sure. Can you help us like figure it out? And so they kind of, first they were helping us, but then we they just became our friends. They like adopted us mm-hmm. and we spent hours with them like, playing cards, smoking clove cigarettes. They started teaching us Bahasa language. They were practicing their English with us, which was like exciting for them. And, you know, this whole event, which, you know, could have totally been bypassed if we'd done the easy thing and like gone from point A to point B. Instead, we got this incredible experience of like meeting these guys and being like feeling like we were like immersed in the culture. And we learned a whole bunch of Bahasa words, which was really cool. Um, and all of that was just because of this weight. So it wasn't at all anything I was like, I was never like when the bus finally did came and we finally did come and we got on it. I wasn't like pissed off because I'd waited so long. I was like, fuck yeah, that was a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you, have you had long waits like that in I've had a lot. Traveling? Yes. Um, one particular one that stands out in my mind is not a pleasant one, but it was still, <laughs> it was still pretty good. It was like I was in Mexico and I was going up to New York. <laughs> um, I'd been staying in Tulum, which is like on the Caribbean coastline. I'd been staying there as a writer through Workaway and had been put up with an apartment and like it was a fucking sweet gig, man. man. But like my flight left at 6 a.m. or 4 a.m. the next morning. And so instead of having to deal all with that in the morning. I was like, oh, just get there early, night before, um, sort it out, wait it out. I can just do it in like the waiting lounge. Yeah. That's what it's for. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, but I got there and I actually dug out my um, diary entry from that day because <laughs> I had um, a bunch of rations, which I was very excited about the chance to practice my willpower and self-discipline. 
um, which was neglected in the end. <laughs> uh, but I'll just like, like, the diary entry is I was waiting at ADO bus station with one full bottle of water, eggs and a mushroom thingy are the exact words, <laughs> one can of tuna, three cigarettes, 16 hours till flight, no pesos left and unwillingness to exchange money. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> is the like diary entry. And it was because like I'd run out of pesos. There was no point getting out more yeah. because you can't take it back like small amounts back from like into American dollars once you get to America. And it was like Cancun airport. So just the, it was very much set up so that people wouldn't wait. There weren't mm. any seats anywhere. It's not like everything was closed as well. Not that I had any money. <laughs> and it wasn't like that they had vending machines that you could like use card or anything like that on it was very much you're on your fucking own and literally my next entry is that of like six o'clock that night which is only a couple of hours later and it just says like no food no water half a ciggy that's because <laughs> <laughs> i remember i just like powered through it out of sheer boredom yeah i'm just like all right watching it kind of go and i thought that because i could I'd be waiting in the waiting lounge that I'd be able to have water. And because you know how you can't take in full bottles, I'd sculled all my water and then was turned away from the oh. air, like airline waiting terminal inside. And so I had no water because you can't fill up from any of the water like places you can't in drink Mexico. The taps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I just had to like sleep outside. And then like when I finally got in there, I found this discarded bottle of water like on top of this thing. It was just like sculled that gratefully. Yeah. <laughs> like who knows what's going to happen, but I'm really thirsty. <laughs> yeah. And it was like oh, fucking good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was actually like it turned out to be a really – it wasn't fun. It was probably stressful in the moment. It was very like, stressful. You were waiting. Like, you were really very much, like, living in the waiting, being like, all right, let's just, like, get on the plane and I can have a drink of water. <laughs> yeah, have a drink of water and just be able to, like, just pass the time. It was also kind of scary because I did not speak very much uh, mm. Espanol, mm. Um, which was a very silly thing for me to travel through Mexico without that as a skill. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've all, we've all traveled places where we don't speak the language. Yeah, I like, feel particularly embarrassed about that one. No. But it was like, it was all pretty good. But like, ultimately, I quite enjoy these scattered moments throughout the, throughout the day, right, through society, just because, not society, but like throughout what we've kind of managed to erect around us mm. um waiting is a really reasonable transaction for me and I find it super fun because I've kind of through weird experiences either professionally or leisurely I've become quite good at waiting yeah yeah that's, that's like a skill that's a skill to master that I don't think I've mastered so that's impressive I think it's just because I'm a daydreamer yeah really yeah. like mm. I think a lot of the, like, the weight can, like, either be good or bad, like, depending on, I guess, um, like, if it's something that you want to happen or not, too. Like, if it's something you're really looking forward to, obviously the time goes by really slowly. But if you're kind of, like, but maybe what you're talking about, which is this short-term waiting where you can daydream and it's, like, you're waiting because you've already done everything that you could do for the event to occur and now you're just waiting for someone else to do something for the bus to arrive you've uphold upheld all like that you can do for that and therefore mm. in that space in that type of waiting it becomes quite luxurious if you mm. let it because you like you have relinquished you've done all your responsibilities so yeah kick back for like six minutes yeah Fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't have anything else to do this is your time I, i've definitely felt that in like long layovers 
um, as well when I've been traveling by myself and really cherish that moment of like, there's no expectations on me. I don't have to, I don't, I also don't have to like be anything for anyone. Cause I'm just like the weird girl who like keeps walking in and out of the magazine shop at the airport movie newsstand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did that. Just like loitering yeah. loitering around the chocolates you know? yeah. <laughs> hoping that some rich jet setter would walk past and be like you know what you look like such an insightful intelligent young lady that i feel like i must buy you a chocolate oh you you need an eight dollar bag of chocolates i think right now yeah thank you yeah. sir that's exactly what i need <laughs> i think another one of my first thoughts was about waiting before you and this is in the short-term realm as well um, like when you get a message from somebody that like maybe upsets you, like waiting before you actually respond to them so that you're not like, you know, just jumping to some sort of emotional reaction or having like, uh, you know, saying something you would end up regretting or just like not really thinking it through. That's the kind of waiting that I'm very bad at. Yeah. And um, if I think about my career as a phone owner and texter <laughs> there is a lot of bullshit that has gone on because I just thought it was funny to mention something like the world's hottest three-way which happened to be between Miles Davis Jeff Buckley and, <laughs> and, who? and Bob Dylan nice, um, nice that was the last thing I sent to somebody and I've been regretting it ever fucking since <laughs> I haven't heard back <laughs> And, like, that's something that I look back, although it wasn't, like, malicious, although I have had a long career of, like, not thinking before hurling abuse at someone. I believe the term I'm looking for is, those that live in glass houses should not throw stones. (laughs) Mine is a crystal castle. That's for goddamn sure. I definitely get myself into trouble when I, like, cannot stop myself from responding to something online and Mm. just, like, end up having some fucking dying on some hill about some stupid shit that I actually don't even know anything about, but I, like, can't stop myself from, like... Maybe it's not even waiting. Maybe I just don't even need to say anything at all. Yeah, is that even something... Is that really... (laughs) Maybe that's not waiting. Do you know what, like, occurred to me before as we were talking about... um, it depending on, uh, like if it's good or bad thing that you're waiting mm. for. Does that change from like is waiting different from dreading? Oh, maybe that like falls into like the anticipation category. Oh, I've got an idea. Huh? Do you know what we should check? What the dictionary? <laughs> <laughs> dictionary time. Dictionary time. <laughs> Unsolicited dick time. <laughs> um. Okay. So. And I love these kind of um, definitions. Mm. Everybody, let's find out how much of a word nerd Candace is. <laughs> I love these kind of entries that are about words that are kind of overlooked. Like wait, because mm. we use it for so many. Or things like the. Yeah, it's a great yeah. definition entry if you're like having a slow afternoon. Mm. Uh, but wait, it's a verb. Yeah. It's spelled with a W <laughs> and an A wait, and wait. an I and a T. <laughs> the first definition is to stay somewhere or postpone an action for a specified time or until something happens. Mm. Mm. The second definition is to be postponed. The third is to wait on people at a meal. Yeah. Or the fourth is the waiting game to deliberate, like deliberately delay in action so as to act more effectively later. Ah. 
that's probably like the self-control one where, yes. where you're like, you're like, I'm actually going to reserve my judgment or I'm actually going to like think about what I am going to say or see how things unfold or mm. see and like see if a decision is made that's going to impact me before I actually make a move. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All of those things I'm not good at. But if no. you ask me to like... <laughs> If you ask me to stay in traffic or wait for a train or anything like that, I am game, set, match. And I will make that fun as fuck myself. (laughs) How do you manage to be so patient when you're waiting in traffic or waiting for something in the short term, which is like really hard for me? Merida, (laughs) I'm so glad you asked. As my annual act of charity, I've decided to write a list. Oh, wow. Bravo. I know, yeah. It's it's not easy being this selfless. That's for goddamn sure. Um, but I've just compiled a short list of Kando's list for making waiting more bearable. Oh, nice. My first is maybe pack some binoculars. And it sounds crazy, but when I was living out in Templestowe and the bus stop would overlook um, Wildlife, take some binoculars, bird watch while you're waiting for something. And if do you know what? You can people watch with binoculars oh as well. You don't have to reserve that just for birds. No. You can just like, binoculars are just fun to have any, okay, I'm neglecting that as a thing and just saying that you should all pack binoculars just to have if ever you get bored. They're really handy and really fun. I love this. And like in case the Mongolians are coming over the hill to invade your city or something at some point, you know, you can just like use it as like a defense mechanism. And anybody's a defense mechanism. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like you're like, oh no, I think I see something coming. Yeah. No, you don't think you see. You know you, you, know see, you see because you've got binoculars. And I tell you what, if those Mongolians are coming over the hill, everyone who doesn't have binoculars is going to look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> they might not look anything at all because <laughs> they didn't make it out in time. Yep. That's like, no, honestly, though, I love that. That's such a fucking good idea. You can pick them up at like cash converters as well. Super cheap for super good ones and super oh, small man. ones. They're fun. If you're like the kind of person that lives out of a backpack and always has yeah. like a little bit of extra space, chuck some binoculars in there. It's great. Fuck, that's brilliant. It's and fun. I love, I like don't want birds to come anywhere near me, but I do like watching them. So even just that would be a great idea. It's fun. My other um, list is have a list of things to think about. (laughs) (laughs) Very meta. I know, very meta. (laughs) Now, well, one thing, I'll link this in the description as well because it was actually a list that I keep referring back to so many times. But Brianna Wiest, who is an excellent... um, Uh, excellent author on things like emotional intelligence and sort of self-healing and stuff like that. She actually has done a series of lists, one of which that I keep reverting back to is 101 things to think about instead of whatever it is you're obsessing over. Now, the beauty of this list is you don't need to obsess about anything to think about any of the things on the list. So Mm. one one thing that might seem morbid to think about is your own mortality. But honestly, it's quite a good thing to like kind of consciously ponder that and maybe like move into a state of being... Like it does, it's, it's good. It's good yeah. to think about these kind of things or to philosophize about how you feel about it and what happens like that every, like that's the thing. And it also takes a lot of time to think about. Like wonder about the big questions in life. Think about, you know, why are we here? You know, yeah. I like that. Well, that's like something I kind of already do anyway a lot of times, but. <laughs> yeah. And so instead of thinking of waiting time, yeah. put it down this thinking time, yeah. pondering time. It's all about the framework. <laughs> all about the framework. Also daydream. Mm-hmm. is a great way to like 
fantasize. Daydreaming, fantasize, yeah. daydreaming is a human achievement. That, like how buildings and what I was talking about, our reason to wait is mm-hmm. a tribute to human ingenuity. Daydreaming is a like a tribute to the human mind. The fact that we can do that is fucking cool. And like, pro- once again, progress. And look, this is. This is not the last time I'm going to mention it, but agricultural revolution versus civilization. (laughs) What did that create? That created free time and free time created art and enlightenment thinking and religion as well, probably a little bit more of that. I think that came before the agricultural revolution. Same with art. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But but like free time created artists, maybe I should say. So daydreaming is a luxury that we should be grateful to have yeah. that we can do in those spaces where we're like where we're waiting and you can learn a lot about yourself about daydreaming if you let your like mind kind of wander and you, like whoever it may be who you're thinking about or what you'd like how you'd like to see yourself or like mm. what you'd like you can actually learn quite a bit about yourself if you let your mind wander and then kind of analyze what it is it's yeah. pretty cool yeah um, my next <laughs> My next great point is wear dark glasses so you can people watch. (laughs) (laughs) Practical tip. Practical tip. It's kind of hard now that we've all got masks, but like, that's fine. Mm -mm. It means that you can have your mouth open and (laughs) stare at people. Yeah, if you wear dark sunnies and you have a mask on, you can both stare agape with mouth agape at people and watch them. (laughs) And if I can't stare agape at people... I don't even want to live. <laughs> I'm never going back to no mask just yeah. for the sheer fact that I don't have to worry about what my mouth is doing when I'm staring at people. I have such a staring problem, though, um. in all honesty. Um, always have, always will. Mm. Um, and so that's a couple of points. Those are great. Thank Very you. Very practical. I also put graffiti on the bottom of it, but, um, you know, that's up to you. We're not encouraging that. Kind of am. Don't... <laughs> We're not encouraging destruction of property. How about that? No, I'm not. I'm encouraging the mass production of art. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And also, if you've got ways to just, ah, there's heaps of shit to do. Find something to do. Waiting is not waiting if you're filling it with something you're doing. I think like the the biggest problem with um, our attention spans, you know, is that we can't handle having any spare moment of time. I say we, I'm making a huge generalization. I think... I think, you know, something for me, which was like, I never used to feel so bored until I had like a smartphone. You know, a lot of times the waits would be time where, um, well, for one thing, I used to always carry a book with me. That's it. See, I don't have a smartphone. My phone's pretty dumb. Yeah. I like it that way. Well, yeah. And that's like, it really, it's amazing how sort of my whole habit has changed because I can't let my mind be blank for even a second, you know, before feeling bored, you know, and like waiting for something isn't actually boring unless you aren't creative enough. It's sort of about being creative enough to like, you know, resist the urge to just mind do something mindless and like use it as time to be mindful. Yes. In the <laughs> in the words of the immortal Harvey Danger oh, from yeah. Flagpole Sitter, spelled <laughs> S-I-T-T-A, if you're bored, then you're boring. Yes. <laughs> So true, though. It's so good. Only the boring get bored. Mm. Life mission, not to... So, okay. Goal I'm going to set is to make better use of my time waiting. Yeah, it's fun. Get some binoculars. Yeah, exactly. Get some binoculars. Keep the phone away. Try to meditate, maybe, even. It's a perfect time to meditate. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I find... Because I do a lot of, like, fantasizing and um, 
well, not fantasizing, like daydreaming and stuff and like playing stuff out. And sometimes that actually becomes quite bad thinking, you know, where I'll like play out like doom scenarios in the future. Mm. <laughs> but like if you keep it, if you, if it's just about training your mind really to, to like be um, just aware of what, of where it's going and like what you're doing with it. And it's definitely important to always take it with a huge dose of humor Mm. because like that's the other fun thing as well. If you're not judgmental about where your own mind goes and kind of treat it as a thing like, well, that's fucking interesting. Apparently I want to win a lot of awards. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like thinking about me being fawned over by masses of people. Why, yes, Jason Momoa, I'd love to accompany you on your mega yacht. (laughs) Like, maybe your daydreams are telling you something, you know? If you keep having, you find something that your mind keeps going back to, like, well, maybe you need to listen to that. You know, maybe it's about those waiting periods can actually give you, like, an insight into what you maybe would be happier doing. Yeah, exactly. We can learn a lot about daydreaming Mm. and this thing with the whole, like, Smartphone, although great, super handy. It's nice to have Uber Eats. I dig it. Um, it's also kind of like vanquished boredom in a way that has become slightly detrimental. Mm, yeah, absolutely. We'll mm. we'll um we'll write a book about boredom and the importance of it. Yeah, hopefully it's not boring, but I can't no, guarantee. <laughs> um, that what about? Good. I was gonna say one more thing. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. Oh. I think one thing that makes waiting tolerable is that you know how long it's going to be in the short term. Yes. Or even in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. And that like the whole counting down with public transport makes it much, much easier Mm -hmm. Um, when you don't really have a time that you know, like to feel, then it just becomes idle and kind of weird. Mm. That's when you can relax. Yeah. And I think like if you're if you're unsure, like when you have the um like something I really love is when you call like a one eight hundred number or something and it tells you what number you are in the queue. Mm. And they're like, if you can just tell me that I'm number two, well then I'm totally happy just to like sit here and wait. Um, but when you just ring up and you like anticipate that it might be something that you're gonna be on hold for a long time and you just have no idea, it's so much more maddening. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems to go for fucking ever. Yeah. Particularly if you're on somewhere where the wait jingle, just like you hear it replayed every, like, okay, if you're going to do, if you're going to have long, okay, I'm just talking directly to you, Centrelink. Yeah. <laughs> I think that if you change your wait music, not to something that only takes 40 seconds to play, so it seems to go over and over and over again, which probably makes it seem like it goes longer. Fully. You could probably play like an opera or something that doesn't repeat and just goes for ages and takes you on an epic. Maybe not opera, but you know what I mean. No, I was I was going to suggest a concerto, Con- you know, something, some sort of I lo- a journey. I love it. <laughs> Take me on a journey with your some, weight music. Some sort of rhapsody. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> Speaking of wait times, mm-hmm. can't talk about wait times without those sneaky Fucks at the Disney Corporation. <laughs> Love a good Disney bash. <laughs> um, no, like whatever. Um, Donald Duck's fine, I guess. Uh, like <laughs> with the rides at Disneyland and so that it's about managing expectations. So what they do is they purposefully um, overestimate, overestimate mm-hmm. um, how long one of those huge wait times is be to um, 
trick you into being pleasantly surprised when it doesn't take as long as they said it would. And Dogs. Then, yeah. They, I know. I, how dare they? Like, how <laughs> dare you manipulate me for my own benefit? Yeah. I, yeah, it really is. For my own peace of mind so that I can enjoy this lovely day down here at Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> I find that kind of stuff fascinating, though, the sort of, um, the like, the design elements where, you know, you end up kind of, like, using people's own psychology to either make things better or worse for them. <laughs> I love it as well. Can I offer one of my favorite examples of mm. that? Houston Airport. Okay. Texas. Yep. Big place. Yep. Huge. Yeah. Um, so everyone's bitching about the baggage. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Every, you know. <laughs> no one can shut up about how long they're waiting at the baggage claim area. So what do they do? Sneaky fucks. Got to admire them for it. They just put the like uh, le- arrival gates Further away from the baggage collection, so people had to work, walk further, but walk further, thus filling their time with something to do, and the complaints went down. Also, happened as well in like, um, there was a building in New York, wait, like wait times for the elevator was pissing everyone off, mm-hmm. so they put a mirror in, and the complaints <gasps> went down because people were spending the time looking at themselves. Just narcissism, yeah. just <laughs> appeal to people's narcissism. No ad is ever going to match my own beauty. <laughs> I could stare at myself for hours. Mm. I don't even need the elevator to come anymore. Oh. This has been a good day. This is see these are these are cost effective solutions to manufactured problems. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I love it. These are those are great. All things that I like really didn't think about before. Because the main types of waiting I was thinking about are long term, like as we said before. Um, and of course, I had to also kind of think about the sort of I had to have a therapy session with myself when I had to think about these issues (laughs) because I have noticed and a lot of a lot of it comes from I've been waiting for a visa to be able to live in this country for a very long time, like year, we're talking years. Mm. Um, and so my relationship with waiting, um, has, has been kind of like, it's really formed my experience living in this country because a lot of what I want to do just depends on when I get this visa granted. Yeah. Um, and so, I think about waiting a lot and specifically the idea of like anticipating something. Um, But, you know, and then like it got a bit dark with myself about it and was thinking about how like the more focus you put on the wait for something, like the more anticlimactic it seems at the end. True. And like how if you're anticipating something that's like negative, like a test that you're unprepared for, you think you're unprepared for, and then like you're building it up in your head, but then... The, the waiting period is actually the worst part of it because the test arrives and it's never nearly as frightening. Like the piece of paper doesn't threaten to kill your family. It's literally just a piece of paper. I guess who it depends on who it's from. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Not literally, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like it's the, the anticipation that you built up in your head is just like not nearly the, the waiting period was the worst part, you yeah. know. Um, but then like conversely, it's kind of like sometimes the waiting period when you're looking forward to something, I've found in my experience kind of ruins it if Mm. I focus too much on the wait. And I'll get really wrapped up in uh, having an expectation of what the event is going to be like. For example, like um, I might be thinking about going to a party on the weekend and, you know, the party is going to last 
you know, my time at the party is going to be maybe like eight hours. And I spend way more time than that anticipating it, thinking about what it's going to be like, thinking about how great it's going to be. And then like by the time I'm in it, it feels like it's just passing by really quickly. And I'm like, well, was it worth all that energy and like thought? And like, is anything really worth waiting for? No, no. No. Except the cold comfort of death. Like, actually, though, like, that's sort of, like, the, like the most depressing thought I actually get led to is that, like, nothing is ever as good as you think it's going to be. And, um, like, waiting really, like, anticipation, I guess. Like, like as my anticipation grows, my expectations grow, and expectations lead us to heartbreak. Yeah, we learned that from Willie Shakes. Exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was just thinking that as well. Yeah. Which is, like, I um learned that lesson the hard way by over anticipating a band that I was really excited about and that I'd loved for years Mm -hmm. but like the whole anticipation of the whole thing expecting them to play certain songs hoping they'll play certain songs (laughs) um and then just the whole thing was a bit of a flop and I was like but it wasn't bad it was just because it wasn't matched any of my expectations exactly and 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 like sort of like I wish that I could just turn off like I wish I could forget that it's coming up You know, I want to be able to, like, make the plan and then, like, erase my brain so that, like, I don't have any expectations about it. And it's just like, oh, then I get to the day and I'm like, I'm doing this now. You you know what will help with that? What? Binoculars. Just take your mind completely off it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, I mean, these are actually just, like, probably uh, features of an anxious person. (laughs) Yeah. Binoculars might not help that much. Um, but I wonder like, okay, so anticipation, like I think it's maybe related to waiting, but I wonder what the dictionary might have to say about it. I was wondering the same thing. So let's have a look. There's a couple of different definitions. Um, as per, there's a couple of different contexts, Mm -hmm. I assume. Sure. (laughs) So it's a verb. To deal with or use before the proper time. So to anticipate one's income. Um, to, yeah, to take action before someone else has had time to do so the example there is others may have anticipated columbus in the discovery of america what what and then three to notice what needs doing and take action in advance provide that for them in advance saw it coming and blocked it or four to ex to expect which is the one that we're talking about right yeah okay yes yes which comes from anti and latin capiri which equals take Mm. so from anti take interesting so yeah i feel like that so anticipation i guess is an emotion that waiting brings out it's a it's like not necessarily a feature of the wait yeah it's a judgment that or it's an experience that you have as a person who's waiting i think it's just the awareness of something Mm. that's like the awareness of whatever is impending Mm. rather than the like the awareness rather than the act of the time between yeah. <laughs> when I'm you know con- about it and when it happens I've got my hands in a position yeah. that make it look like I know what I'm talking about <laughs> but really I'm just hoping for the best and making sounds with my face I'm just really impressed the dictionary had a good definition today for once for, one, for us yeah. for once yeah um, well I want to ask you what is there something that like what makes something worth it like worth waiting for um, it's like a really broad question, but like very what, broad question, but you know, like sort of, um, like what, 
Why is it worth waiting for something other than something that you have to do? Probably like if it's completely out of the usual. So Mm -hmm. say a concept. When I was younger, uh, going to see The Used and Kill Switch Engage at the age of 15. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that I was young. Mm -hmm. Um, That was like one of my first concerts. But I was in like a rural town. So that like traveling up to Melbourne to just be among a sea of other emos Mm. was such a treat because it was so out of the ordinary to be like... um, away from yeah. all these knuckle drivers. And you waited <laughs> and you like waited for ages for that, you know, event to happen and it was like totally worth the payoff. As far as I can remember. Yeah. I got pretty drunk. Which yeah. I like fucked it right up actually. Um but that was actually quite common behavior on my part. <laughs> Yeah, well, I can like think of things that were definitely like maybe not necessarily events, but maybe more like decisions, for example, like it's worth waiting before you make a decision about something because you want to weigh up all the options and you actually don't want to be impulsive and you don't want to just like take the first thing that comes, you know, so that's like really worth waiting for. Mm. Um, Or like something I just like thought of like that's kind of relevant to our times right now like maybe it's worth waiting before you make a judgment about something Hmm. like right now everyone's trying to decide whether like Dan Andrews has made good choices with coronavirus when like really we can't even judge that right now like I should wait before I die on the hill of thinking that he's the king or you know thinking that he's a dictator because really we don't know how it's going to play out and we don't have have anything to compare it to. Yeah. And then it's like, well, it's hard because can anybody know all the details of anything? Nor like the possibilities of what would have happened if it had taken any other course of action. Yeah, absolutely. So so really like the um, you're reserving your judgment because it's actually really complex. Mm. And like the complexity of something means that um, there's probably not going to like be a clear like solution or like decision or, or outcome. And this, I think, like, because we don't seem to have patience. Like, waiting is just the convenience of what what we've created around us and this, like, constant striving for convenience and immediate answers and immediate action Mm. is really unrealistic because you can't actually... Yeah, I think, actually, I feel like that leads to a lot of, like, the the angst in, like, our society right now is, like, feeling like, you know, we're, like, what we said before about attention span... You don't, you know, you don't want to wait like three seconds for a page to load on your phone, let alone seven or eight months or 12 months before we actually know like what is going to happen in the world, you know? Mm. And so you, so people, so people making generalizations, but like, I think it's, I think that maybe as humans, like we really want to know the answer so badly that the, that waiting feels torturous because because we're not like going with the flow, I guess, you and know, I wonder going if, back to mindfulness, I guess. Yeah. And mm. I wonder if we were like a lot better at waiting in general before, like when we had things to test our waiting before smartphones or Spotify for that matter, mm. when you actually had to go to sanity music to get the CD that you wanted um, or wait till video easy open and then hope that like all, like all these things that used to mean that you would practice waiting and patience on yeah. a regular, like, uh, regular basis and you like it was acceptable to wait it was acceptable to be excited it was acceptable for it to be like kind of annoying but it was taken as a path that had to be taken now none of that wait uh like 
can we call it the white barn? Yeah. The white barn isn't being uh, stretched. Yeah, I was just going to say strengthened. strengthened. Well, like actually like appreciation comes from that, you know, like think about when um, like I remember I was super excited for the uh, Lord of the Rings movies to come out when I was a teenager. I was a Harry Potter and very excited because it was coming out as the like growing up as the books were coming out. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. And the weight made it sick. Exactly. And it was like there was no like you know, for the Lord of the Rings movies, it was like there was no like downloading the bootleg version the second it gets released in another country or whatever. It was like, oh, well, the the first one came out and I just got to wait another year till the next one comes out. And there's, um, you know, just like all that. Like you also weren't focusing on the wait because you were like, oh, it's just going to be another year. Like I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. So I guess maybe for me that goes back to like having a definite like it's going to happen this day. It makes the wait easier. Yeah. Which is probably why my my issue with waiting right now for like this visa is so difficult because it's already been two years. It could be two more years. And I don't know any like experience mm. with waiting that kind of stuff for something that can, is completely outside of my control. I think mm. that's the other thing is like feeling that relinquishing of any control that you can possibly have over the situation must be really fucking annoying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No control over it. And like no, um, no indication, like, I can't, I can't make, there's so many decisions I can't make because I'm waiting for this thing. And I feel like I'm not only waiting to be able to do things like, for example, get a credit card, which I know isn't that big of a deal, but at this point in my life, like, I'm kind of ready to have one mm. or, you know, I'm definitely not yeah, no. <laughs> I was thinking about it this morning. And I just found like, I was thinking, I found this really, really, really rare vinyl in yeah. a, the States that I cut It's like a few hundred dollars. And I'm like, fuck, I wish I had a credit card. And then I was like, that's why you can't have that's a credit card. <laughs> I'm just living off afterpay, man, but yeah. <laughs> still works. but you know, um, but even, but like bigger life decisions that I, I truly can't do anything until, until this visa is granted. Like I want to, we want to, my partner and I want to buy a house sometime in the near future. And, you know, there's no point in us even looking at what houses might be available because I can't get a loan until I have permanent residency, mm. which just sets everything back. Um, and so, so it is really like, there are like real things that I'm waiting for before I can do them. But then I'll just segue into another idea I was Please. thinking about. <laughs> Please. That's what we're here for. This exactly. is the perfect time. Like, <laughs> um, which is that... Like, sometimes I'm not sure if I'm waiting or if I'm procrastinating. Ah, yes. You know, because... The age-old question. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, right now, like, I'm saying, like, I'm waiting for my permanent residency so that my, quote-unquote, real life can start. Because, mm. apparently, I'm not living a real life right now. No. I'm just living someone else's life. It's all an illusion. Pretend life. I didn't want to tell you, but <laughs> it's a ruse. <laughs> Um, and like, yeah, there's truth to that in some ways. Like I was just saying, can't get a loan or anything. Um, but in my mind, I'm also waiting for the visa before I start to let myself really thinking about like my next career goal, for example, or like even just up until recently, like for some reason in my head, we could, I really, I've wanted a dog for so long. And for some reason in my head, it was like, no, like you can't 
get the dog because you want to get the dog when you move into the house and you can't move into the house until you get the visa so therefore you can't get the dog now and what if the dog doesn't match the car exactly exactly. (laughs) and it's like wait a minute like no wait I can I can do that now like that part doesn't have to stop me on hold yeah and it'll probably actually it'll make the waiting way easier yeah yeah well absolutely that's why why we're getting one (laughs) um but in reality like it's actually pretty self-sabotaging I think to think like that yeah Um, And if I'm honest with myself, maybe the real reason I don't take steps towards these larger goals, like, for example, thinking about what I might want to do as a career, thinking about, like, longer-term planning is because maybe I'm, like, afraid of failure or I don't want to hold myself accountable to those goals or I haven't actually thought it through and maybe it's not what I really want and then that's scary, like, in its own existential way because you're like, wait a minute, who am I? What do I want to do with myself? Yeah. Um, so like in a lot of ways, like I think that waiting in a long-term sense, I think it's maybe important to like assess, like, am I waiting? And, you know, you know, other people might relate to this where you're thinking like, oh, I'm just like waiting to reply to this text message because I want to like, you know, really be able to like put some thought into it. And sometimes that's true, Hmm. but other times someone's just trying to ask me if I'm available on the weekend And I'm such like, I don't want to commit to anything. And so instead of like just replying yes or no, if I'm available, I'm just like delaying making a decision because I don't want to have to be committed to and like hold held to that decision, which is just like actually just like kind of being a shit person. So I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) Well, you know, like (laughs) not, not being honest with yourself, I guess I'd say. And I, I think that there's a lot of, uh, virtue as well as just like actually making decisions whether or not you want to do something instead of like Mm. actually just jumping in straight away because it's totally fine if you don't want to do something or if you've actually felt like, Oh, that sounds really fun. But Saturday was actually the day that I'd kind of, sit aside for myself yeah like, and like maybe not feeling ashamed that like I don't want to do this because I don't have to please everyone yeah <laughs> yeah that's the thing because like I should definitely wait more <laughs> I should definitely wait more after all my like word bomb like, I love waiting I love waiting so much maybe I should actually do more of it where it counts <laughs> like making decisions or writing to text messages yes because like my phone isn't a smartphone well it's smart enough yeah like I can get it. anyway you don't need to know it graduated from high school barely <laughs> <laughs> my phone has the reading comprehension of an eighth grader look that passes. Totally. It's more than like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's self-awareness? Yeah. Well, like if I type in what is phone. <laughs> Perfect. It does auto um, fill in with a question mark. So I assume that it's like being quite reflective. Anyway, enough about that. Because this is a relatively um, simple phone. There we go. Um I just use it for texting and uh, like freaking, what do you use the other thing you do? Calling. Calling. (laughs) Alarm clock. (laughs) Yes, actually. And so like I kind of find myself writing back with like ridiculous speed because it's the only thing I do on my phone. So it's just like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. I've got a message right back. Otherwise I'll forget because I Mm. won't pick it up again unless I hear it do something. So, but honestly, I could actually take a lot of, um, if I waited a moment, I'd probably have more dates. <laughs> if I waited instead of jumping right in there with my personality, I would have more dates. <laughs> no, 
I, that's totally speculation. I have no idea if I would. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, like, you know, as long as you're not, I, you know, balance is what we're looking for here. It I also think, helps know. to not be in quarantine. Yes. <laughs> not be so excited to have interactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Me. Let me touch your face. <laughs> Oh, and then I say, yeah, I think a lot of the times I am absolutely not waiting for anything. I'm just totally procrastinating because I don't want to make a decision or like commit to anything. Well, it's procrastinating. Let's have a look. I was, I was about to ask, what does, um, I wonder if procrastination has a definition. I wonder too. It does. It's right below proconsol. I don't know why I'm spending time on that word when we're not looking at that word as well. Procrastinate. Procrastinate. Verb. To postpone action. To be dilatory. Nailed it. Yeah. Which Maybe. means which means like delayed. Yeah. It's like the adjective of delayed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So I feel like this was a um. We had some really great definitions and this was shit. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So was that it? <laughs> That's so it. Was it. just to postpone or be dilatory. Yep. Okay. Um. Well. I have a little bit more info on it. Wait, I've got oh, more. Okay. <laughs> if I continue. <laughs> like a different section. <laughs> no, if I just kept reading the okay. sentence. From pro plus Latin, crastinus, which equals of tomorrow, which oh. actually is more insightful than the actual entry. Well, yes. And I, I was going to tell you the etymology of it, actually. Oh. Um, well, that feeds in, into that because, um, so I guess... The, the root word, which was crastinos. Mm-hmm. Crustacean. Um, Crustacean, sorry. <laughs> um, Aristotle <laughs> created the word, or used the word, acrasia, which meant weakness of will to describe the state of acting against one, one's better judgment. Hmm. And then the term was later used several times, the term acrasia, uh, was later used several times in the Bible and described as a sin of the mind. Oh, um, so that's sort of where that background came from. So it's so that like, and that I really relate to that definition of it being like, and it's a weakness of will. Yeah. Um, but what's really interesting, I did a little bit of research on procrastination just because I was ruminating on it so much. Were you procrastinating? I was definitely procrastinating <laughs> doing other homework. Um, what happens in your brain when you procrastinate? And essentially it is, uh, or like what's happening psychologically more like, um, but it's basically a, a result of a battle in our brains between the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex. So you can also narrow that down to say it's a battle between your future self Ooh. and your present self because your present self, which is rule, which we could say is represented by the limbic system. Um, and that is like your animal brain. It's like your autonomic nervous system. It's the, you know, the back part of your brain that you can't really control, like how you react to shit, like flight or flight or fight kind of thing. Um, so your present self, your limbic system gets reactive to the threat of someone sending you a text message and asking you to make plans with them. And you know, the, the fear which instantly jumps up is like, Oh my God, responsibilities, (laughs) accountability that, that pops into your head and you get really sort of flustered by that. And you sort of silence the prefrontal cortex part of your mind, which is responsible for planning and executive functioning. And you could say that represents your future self, which like really wants you to like have a plan made and like be a friend and catch up with someone because they're inviting you to do that. Um, And so you have your present self, which is like 
fearful, probably un- uh, irrationally these days, mm. um, and then fighting against this sort of planning self. So procrastination is 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 kind of a uh, I, I, it makes me feel better I yeah. guess when I learn that there's some physiological things going on there where you tr- and you know and, and that's where mindfulness comes in once again because if you can be aware of like why am I avoiding responding to this person like what what am I actually feeling right now like what is this text why is this text message making me because you probably don't even realize that you're feeling anxious about that text message you're probably just like I don't feel like doing it it's like, well, why don't, what don't you feel like doing? What do you feel, you know? Um, so yeah, these are all things, these are all things to work on. <laughs> That's fucking interesting. Uh, I love that. <laughs> Unfortunately, the limbic system has got me thinking about uh, Fred Durst and Limbiscuit, and so we must move on immediately. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just <laughs> waiting for an answer there. <laughs> um... Well, just as you had a couple of tips, I actually had a, a small list of tips as well. Hit me. Um, oh, wait. So. Tip me. <laughs> Tip me. <laughs> so the mindset I'm trying to work on reprogramming with myself uh-huh. is to better distinguish between when I'm procrastinating something and when I'm truly waiting for it. And also to just generally try to be better at dealing with waiting for things and not saying like, oh, my whole life has to be on pause until I get this visa, you know, Uh, or, or just even dealing with waiting because I'm super impatient. Like I'm not really great at waiting even in the short term. Um, So all of those tips you gave, those are wonderful. Mm. Couple, couple of other things I've found for like long-term waiting. Yeah. Um, with help from my therapist, friends, and podcasts, yeah. <laughs> mostly my therapist, yeah. <laughs> I have learned some effective strategies Please to be share. more present and less fixated on waiting, such as, one, setting small and achievable goals for myself and taking time to plan and strategize how I will get there. Cool. Chunk it. That chunk it. And that's something you can do while you're even like waiting for the bus. This you is... can think about like run over the details of shit you're working yes. on on things that you want to achieve. Yes. Instead of avoiding thinking about it because it's scary. Mm. Um. So yeah. One, two. Focus on what's within my control and identify what is not within your control and let it go. That is super super helpful tip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. I can't sit here and be depressed and fixated on how I don't have a visa yet because it's totally out of my control. But what I can do is focus on having a really good setup and a plan for when the visa does arrive. So I'm ready to go instead of pushing back the thinking about it. Yep. Um, And then three, um, setting aside time, intentional time for mindfulness activities such as for me, cleaning. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Cooking, exercise, writing, or meditating. Like, obviously, I'm not any sort of, like, expert meditator or something I do regularly, but, like, would be great to do it more. And um, obviously, that's, like, the number one mindfulness thing. But, like, that's not the only thing you can do to be mindful. It's just, like, literally something that, like, where you're present. Gardening is another one that's really good. Yeah. Eating so, yeah. something and thinking about like and paying full attention to the taste in your mouth and like is yeah. a is a mindfulness practice. And it's a super fun one as well. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So yeah, um, dancing as well, like really letting it out, doing some <sighs> interpretive dance to yourself. Oh, I've never hurt myself doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Being careful not to hurt yourself while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Just so everybody knows, last night I got home 
quite intoxicated um, and <laughs> found myself doing very, uh, like, very vigorous <laughs> interpretive dance by myself in my lounge room and have woken up quite injured. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been a lot of flailing going on. But you know what? You were there. You were present in that moment. So present that you didn't know yep. what you did to injure yourself. I was magnificent <laughs> in my flailing. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Those are the rules. Do them. I'm a guru. Please come to my cult meeting. It's next week. I'll be there. Great. <laughs> um, I was reading an article about Jessica, well, from Jessica Susan, not about Jessica Susan. <laughs> I don't know anything about Jessica Susan except that she writes for Favolo. <laughs> Um, about waiting time. So I'm really glad that she's, um, you know, living her best life from yeah. what I can say, <laughs> from what I can tell. No, thank you, Jessica, for this information, which I will go on to divulge now. <laughs> okay. So Jessica Susan of Favola says that um, a perceived wait time is more discouraging for a uh, customer or consumer than the actual wait time. You see mm -hmm. a big line and you're like, you're not even going to try it, even though it might be going yeah. quite fast. Like if you get up to the register and there's like one really long line and then like another line with only two people, but the person in the two person line is just like taking ages. You'll still go to the shorter line because you perceive it as being a shorter wait time. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what I wanted to ask, um, in quite a frivolous way. Is there any sort of like edible or consumable or thing that you would wait, let's say, three hours okay. for? Um, I can't think of any. I, I say no to that question with the exception of like I have waited that long, if not longer, for booze, for example, when I was underage and couldn't buy it myself. Mm. So you're dependent on someone else to bring it around, right? So you're like in your friend's basement, you're 16 years old, and their older brother has like said that they're going to like go to the shops and buy booze for you. So you've like planned it all out. And on like Friday morning, like you give your, your friend's older brother the money and you're like, okay, go buy me the booze, you know, after school. And then you get over to their house and he's taking his sweet fucking time because he is probably trying to make you wait and, and make you suffer because he is, you it's know. It's pretty funny. It's a classic older brother thing to do, you know. Um, so you're sitting there in your friend's basement. Mom's only going to be out until 11 p.m. So we've got to get the booze quickly, you know, so we can get it in us, you mm. know. and um, Destroy the evidence. Exactly. And, like, I think the thing that happens to my brain in that moment is it's shit, actually, because I feel like, and I can think of many instances that that happened to me when I was younger, um, before I was old enough to actually go out and purchase it myself and have the freedom of of movement um that where I would just kind of like wait it wasn't like I was just waiting for the booze I was waiting to have fun mm -hmm. I would like just be sitting there and just like and maybe this is just like part of me being a bit fixated on stuff <laughs> type of person who gets fixated on shit but like I remember just make you know time was just passing so slowly and you know you're waiting and waiting and waiting it's like oh we can't even like have a conversation because we're just sitting here waiting for this for, for the for the brother to come home with your malibu rum mm -hmm. <laughs> so that you can start having fun that night whereas the alternative could be like oh i'm just gonna start having fun now <laughs> and then when the booze comes it will feel like a shorter amount of time anyway well yeah that's um generally how it works <laughs> yeah. do you know what i do miss though is i miss being underage I miss things being naughty I miss yeah. like how much sweeter was alcohol when you weren't allowed to do it it's actually it's so it, 
like I stopped liking being drunk the second I was old enough to buy it myself. Mm. <laughs> I think. Or maybe like a little bit after that, but it's it's so true that the whole part of it where it's like I'm naughty, I'm like, you know, rebelling in some way, especially cuz I was like I was like pretty much a goody-goody other than, you know, just the usual kind of underage drinking that you do in high school in America. Oh, um, Australia too, if yeah. you can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Could you really, you guys? <laughs> as we were all working around with generational alcohol slurring as part of our accent, can you believe that we indulge in a little tipple under <laughs> while our brains are still developing? Exactly. So, yeah, part of the waiting, the waiting to get older makes it um, really more fun. Do you know what? Now that well, since we are talking about waiting, and it was a long time ago, so it didn't um, shoot to my mind immediately. But I do remember a pretty arduous few months waiting to turn eighteen. That mm. last, that last stint. Or, well, for you, what were you? Twenty tw- one. Yeah. Well, I, you know what I did with that time is I actually left the country, and I was in for the whole summer before because I in America it was the summer before I turned twenty one. Work smart, not hard. Yeah, yep. I, was, I actually did that intentionally. I was like, I can't wait. I need to get out of here and go somewhere where it's it, it, drinking age is eighteen. That's. <laughs> Awesome. That's fantastic. Because, yeah, I remember the last, like, five months of being 17. Mm. That was a hard slog. Mm. That was – even though I had a fake ID. Yeah. And, like, was still doing the stupid things anyway. Um, not stupid. It was actually quite fun. But – um yeah, that like yeah. waiting down for that time, which I could proudly pass over a card that had my face on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that it's arduous. Yeah, that last that last little gap of time where time slows down and you're like, I mean, even right now we're waiting. We're, we've been waiting for six months to have, well, we've been waiting for a few months now to have freedoms, you know, to leave a five kilometer radius. I totally forgot. I know. <laughs> like, until you've just said that now. I was like, when you said before, I'd be like, do you have anything you're waiting for? And I literally searched my mind and went, no, nah, it's good. Like this, and this is tribute to like, this is an example of my brain. I don't, I'm not so fixated on Future. further thing, And it's very much to my own hindrance as well because it means that I've got very poor future planning skills because no. I'm just like sitting here is there anything you're waiting for I'm like nah but look at this amazing chunk of sunlight that's coming into this great rug I love it like, <laughs> so when you were so when you were a kid waiting for the older brother or whoever it was to bring you booze I was the old and um, uh, I did like this is the other thing as you were saying that that was never an issue to me because my parents um, they had a fully stocked bar and oh, they were yeah. never home okay. and so I would just pour like apple juice into my father's rum or just steal a box of wine they also Mm. had like a shop um where they'd have staff parties so there was always like alcohol because it was a um musical instrument store and so it was like catering to young musicians so they got to be wasted to get them to do anything Mm, really yeah yeah. you got to bribe them with a couple beers (laughs) so there was always alcohol around me that was never a thing i was the one bringing alcohol to people (laughs) yeah 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 and so and like um that probably would have changed the nature of how I relate to waiting is because I can't really think of anything that I've been particularly waiting for. If anything, my upbringing um, meant that I was I was moved around a lot more. And so I've always kind of been in my own head and left to my own devices. And so it's just kind of become easier mm. to do that as soon as like I realize that I have to like it's going to be something and I've done everything that I can in my power to do as much as I can for that outcome. Mm. And then I'm just like it's actually and it actually is like kind of bad because a lot of times I'd be like well 
that's me done. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, later losers. <laughs> it's not working. Taking, taking tax here. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's it. I think there's a fine line between, yeah, like, I, I kind of like that we started this off talking about sort of like good impatience and bad impatience. Me too, because it, like, like everything, what we've learned time and time again is there's pros and cons of everything. Mm. There's good waiting, there's bad waiting. Yeah. There's good ways to wait, there's bad ways to yeah. wait. And there's good reasons to wait and bad reasons to wait. Like, Probably, what's the worst way that you could wait for something? I mean, staring at the clock, obviously, is one of the worst ways that you could wait for something. Or, like, being tortured. is If, yeah. you're, like, if you're waiting for vindication and in that time you're having your nails ripped out, that's, to me, I would not enjoy that kind of waiting. No, 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 no. I w- yeah, you're right. Um, or just, like, actually, there's plenty of bad ways to wait. Like, taking a shit on your own carpet while you're waiting for a letter is neither helpful or hygienic you're waiting for the toilet (laughs) oh oh Uh, no no bringing to mind a certain example i just imagine peeing in my own sink and then i thought i'm not gonna do that and then here i am anyway (laughs) talking about it i didn't do that everybody (laughs) (laughs) um or like uh, actually waiting to become 18, I still managed to just like obliterate my mind with alcohol yeah. in the pursuit of that. So that's kind of like non-committal waiting in uh, a way. I mean. Well, the because when I was a tram driver, I was paid to wait in traffic. Yeah. That's the thing. And you yeah. like you're paid to sit there for eight hours, particularly if you're doing a split shift. So you've got four hours off in the middle of the day. So you're doing you're being paid to sit in peak hour. It's because you're not waiting, you're working. There's still but, quite a bit of well, waiting. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> but it's, but it's kind of, wor- the fact that you're paid. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. like, um, and honestly, that actually did change my relationship with waiting mm. because you're in a tram, which means you can't overtake anything. You're on, you are completely at the mercy of mm. the rest of the traffic. There's no, and like once I remember for the um, climate change uh, strike, the one that happened, not strike, uh, protest that happened years, years back, that was huge. We had to wait for three hours in the tram as it passed through. Like, oh my god, we couldn't yeah. go to the toilet. You can't do anything. You can't leave. You can't abandon the tram. You yeah, just got to right. sit there. But so that changed my relationship with waiting. I spe- and that wasn't easy. That was a lot of older drivers giving me tips. I'm being like, oh, candy, 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 candy. <laughs> Thanks, Reg. Reg was the best. Uh, candy is the can. Oh, the only people that can call me candy are my family and old European men. Uh, <laughs> anyone else is like i'll look at you like you're a rapist straight up um but like you have to like learn to be like there's nothing that you can do there's just you've got to you've got to relinquish that feeling of control and i tell you what you're like and i tell you what nothing really brings a weird realization to road rage and waiting in traffic when you've got room to stand up and pace around Mm. that changes the game and all of a sudden i realized as well like oh like and you know if you've ever been on a tram and you saw some girl with pink hair just kind of screaming at the front that was me and i apologize (laughs) (laughs) if you ever lost complete confidence in our public transport because you were watching the driver with either pink or orange color hair once i was practicing screaming while i was waiting because I was imagining this scene in my head for acting and I was like, ah, 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 no, that's not, ah, and I was like, caught myself, I'm like, you are driving a tram, you can't be practicing alarmed now. I just, but 
before I realized it was in the context of like acting, I was like, what do you mean practicing <laughs> screaming? Because like, I was thinking like, I just want to take my writing back and you just need to get into some theater groups. But around here, it's quite competitive. So I was like, you'll have to audition. I'm like, you can fucking audition. Like, <laughs> better practice. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> that was the train of yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, because you just kind of, you're in the tram by yourself yeah. for ages. You're not allowed to listen to music or do anything. Mm. And so you do just kind of like fold yeah. into your own mind mm. and talk to yourself or sing to yourself and I just happened to come to about 30 seconds later realizing that I've been practicing screaming (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if that job gave you like a really good uh capacity for waiting I think it it did yeah because I I do remember being much more impatient before tram driving Mm. um just just in the just like the thing is I'm a daydreamer, but I'm also impatient. So yeah. I'm quite happy to be left to my own devices and I can fill the time quite easy, but I also get excited about things. Mm. Um, and tram driving was a real, uh, it was almost like learning to meditate. Yeah, because yeah, you really can't act on anything. Like, Could you have like a little, a little notebook or something where no. if you thought of something, you could write it down or... You can't have your, you will be fired on, on, on the spot. spot. If you if you're seen with your phone or you're seen with right. any distraction at all, right? Well, and fair yeah. enough. Exactly. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah. Totally love it, but that would be that would be very maddening, especially if you are a creative person and you're having a lot of, you know, because like I, frequently I, I I do a lot of my best thinking when I'm on my bike, mm. getting from one place to another, and you know, in that sort of meditative zone. And um, if I didn't have my phone, where I could just do a little voice recording of like what the idea is, you know, like a real writer that I am, mm. Hunter S. <laughs> Hunter us Violet. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. No. But um, and if I ever listened to those voice recordings, it would be embarrassing. But um, that would be hard. So yeah, you would have to have like both patience, I think, and um, acceptance of like, oh, it's just the thoughts gone and it's past, and you're not going to mourn that you didn't have a chance to write it down. Yeah. Um. And just like it's, but it hasn't been a hundred percent effective. Like I was saying, like with uh anger and that kind of stuff it still spikes through it's still Mm. it doesn't come naturally to me but now having so much practice in sort of different capacities Mm. it's a lot easier and it's like um immediate uh like reaction isn't my first reaction so much anymore yeah that took a while and a lot of traffic yeah traffic and like maybe yeah maybe you have more patience for traffic but you might not have as much patience for idiots oh (laughs) you know what that's spot on that's spot on. And like, that's a different kind of patience. That is a different kind of pi- patience and a different kind of waiting because you're just uh, waiting till the chance when no one's looking so you can smack them over yeah. the head. <laughs> and you don't know how long that's going to be. There's no wait time for that. No. <laughs> they can't tell you, oh, hey, now I'm going to stop being a fuckwit. No. Are you though? Are you? Because I have to wait to see the evidence before I can... <laughs> but- I think, ooh, you go. Oh, no, I was just going to bang on more about how um, somebody is, like, guilty until proven innocent by their own actions. <laughs> so if you have something to say about today's topic, write to us at doyoueverthinkaboutmail at gmail.com or send us a text or voicemail to 0499-860-397 and we might feature it in an upcoming minisode. Please don't forget to follow us wherever you listen, rate us on Apple Podcasts, or share our show with other curious friends if you fancy. 
And finally, thank you to Scotty for production assistance, Frook for our theme music, and Slum One for our wonderful cover art and graphic design. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>